The following is a fourth hand production. Hey, everybody. Uh, welcome into Sad Times once again. Uh, and uh, just to give you a little rundown, if you haven't seen the show, just to kind of give you an idea of what the show's about. Um, each week I have somebody on uh, as a guest, and uh, we talk about things in their life that have made them sad, things uh, where they had a tough time, kind of how they acted, what their reaction was to it, and they kind of talk through that. The hope being, I think that we all go through these things, and uh, the hope being that we could all speak a little bit more about it and then be a little more open about it and then we'd all feel a little less alone and, and maybe a little uh, more empathetic. So that's kind of what we're doing here today. Uh, today I have my good buddy, John. How you doing, John? Hello. Good to see you, man. Good to be here. Uh, so, John, I met you, what, eight years ago? Yeah, that sounds right. No, even more because it was in 2010 we were yeah, rehearsing. 10, 11, yeah. Yeah. We did a show together. We were in a, a fake band. Yeah. Uh, called uh, Samsara. Samsara. Yeah. We could play verse, chorus, verse. That's right. Uh, and so you are still an actor today, right? Correct. Yeah. Yeah. That's Absolutely. awesome. Thank you so yeah. much. Um, okay. Where are you from? Uh, originally from Dayton, Ohio. Okay. Um, but around 94, 95, my family moved to Orlando, Florida. How old were you in 94, 95? 10, 11. 10, 11. Okay. Uh, were you upset when you had to move? Um. I think initially, but our family was really tight, and we've always been really tight, so I think we had just had a really – my dad did sit us all down. We had a group conversation about it, so it was very much a wow. family decision, um, and it all looked really good in paper, and it was Florida, and we were kids, so that sounded great. Yeah, well, right, Disney World. Did yeah. you go to Disney World a lot growing up? Uh, no, we did vacation, though, about a year before uh, my father got an offer for a job down mm -hmm. there, so um, I think we knew kind of what we were getting into, and he had us very involved with, like, the area and – um, just, I think he would have definitely reconsidered if we were like definitely against it because nobody had left Ohio in my family bloodline for, I think it was on your, ones. on your dad's side. Yeah. I think anybody, uh, my dad was in his forties. So we were the first ones to leave and my whole family thought we were all coming back. Cause like just nobody left our, our town. Have they been to Ohio since? Just no, no, visit? I'm just joking. I mean, <laughs> everybody wants to leave Ohio. So, okay. But when you were 10 or 11, did you have a lot of, I, I moved to my hometown when I was four. Right. So um, I didn't really like I didn't have these bonds with people. But at 10 or 11, I had bonds with people. Yeah. Did you did you have some friends that you lost? Um, I definitely had some best friends uh, that I lost that I thought I was going to be devastated over. But, you know, you grow up and it's OK. And I'm in contact with some. But uh, I think I did my real growing and my real relationships once I got through probably into middle school, high school. High school is where I still have a lot of kind of life. So a lot of friends. Yeah. Um, so. Sounds like it was a pretty positive thing overall. Uh, that's pretty cool that your dad sat sat you guys down. Yeah. Talk about how close you guys. Like you, you just said that you guys were all always pretty close. What does that mean? Um, we were just always, always included. Like me and my sister didn't know what babysitters were because we always, always were with our parents to do things. Like they were taking us to concerts when we were seven, eight years old. Musicals. We had movie nights and. Um, really. Yeah, yeah, we didn't, we never had babysitters. We might occasionally have gone to our grandparents or something, but like, I think that might have subconsciously maybe hurt their relationship because I feel like they didn't do yeah. dates. But we got extremely tight and close as a family, like, immediately, and they were really, really amazing about that. Are you older or your sister's older? I'm two years older than my sister. You're two years older, okay. Did you, so I've always wanted to be an older sibling. Uh, Sorry. Keep working on it, Mom. 
but uh, uh, I, I'm not. So <laughs> did you feel protective of her? I mean, from the moment that you could remember her being around? Absolutely. Uh, even though she's way more of a tough badass than I will ever be. What What do you mean? Um, she, uh, well, we were both kind of jocks growing up, but once we got older into high school, she went full on jock and I went full on theater and not that that's like a stereotype, but then she also like got into hunting and she's like hunting. Yeah. She's like a woods girl. Like she's a gator hunter in Orlando. Or she, she Wait, literally hunts gators. Absolutely. They're overpopulated. There's a season. Uh-huh. They don't do it for sport. Uh, but oh, yeah. it's to help just not have them running everywhere. Yeah. They were overpopulated and she does it like, does she wrestle them? No, she okay. just kind of captures them oh. yeah but this she hasn't done it in a while okay but uh she's definitely like a woman of the woods and i'm like i'll camp for concerts but she'll she'll camp to like she's definitely a woman of the land i'm just like not the same thing so. okay right on so uh so when i was growing up at least when i was young it was i was kind of my mom's kid and my sister was my dad's kid was there anything like that or was it still this kind of democracy of of all four of you um Marcus is not the word I want. No, good. No, good. Um, no, I think um, there was there was a period, and um, <clears throat> I don't think there was necessarily anything bad going on because they're also very protective. Like we, if they, my parents did have problems, like we never ever knew about them. Wait, you never heard them fight? Oh no, they like fought, but like if there were ever like really bad things, like questioning of marriage or anything like that, like we never, like we never knew about anything like that. But there was a period when my parents had a cleaning business where I would sleep in my in the in my parents' room, so we'd we'd sleep together, like kind of just snuggle, and then my mom and sister would sleep in our room. So like that's kind of how the nights went. Sometimes when we would um, have our mornings. Uh, so you would sleep with your dad. Yeah. Okay. How old were you? Um, this was elementary school, probably okay. a little before. Yeah. Uh, that's probably uh, formed a pretty good bond then. Absolutely. Yeah, I remember uh, we listened to the radio a lot. I think we got into a lot of music that way. That's like your biggest thing with your dad, right? Huge. Music. Huge, huge, huge. Uh, have you forgiven him yet for kiss? <laughs> Never. No? No, no. We'll get to them still later. Still going strong. Um, okay, so you moved to Florida. <laughs> Thank you. There's a... Uh, what? Can we show that or will we get sued? No, it's Paul. It's okay. Gene. All right. We'll There's see. a Paul Stanley bobblehead. It's product placement. So yeah. They'll appreciate that. That's, they are very happy. Yes, that. yes, they are. <laughs> oh, yes, yes, kiss is. Um... So you moved down there, uh, did you, but you, did, were your grandparents down there at all? Florida? Yeah. Or no. were you, so you were the first, you left. Yeah, it was a big deal. No one, uh, and, and my dad left, we left when my dad was in his 40s, so it was huge. Was there a falling out between your dad and them because of the leaving? Not at all. It was just like, yeah, you're coming back. Yeah, but when you come back, and we're like, we're not coming back. Yeah. So it was a big assumption for years, years, and now okay. we've been there for plus, 20 plus years. Okay, so you got down there, when did you graduate high school? 2002. 2002. Um, obviously, we all know uh, 2001, 9-11 happened. Absolutely. So you were a senior in high school. I was a sophomore in college. Um, what, how did – well, I guess, did you ever go – had you been to New York yet? Um, I went uh, the summer before that happened. I remember because I was in a musical called 42nd Street. Yeah. And I was playing in Broadway at that time. I remember I was there with my friend, and we had like one day. So we saw the musical, and we're walking around, and we're looking around New York City. And like, what should we do? We have a day. And we look up. And the towers are there, and we're like, ah, they'll be there when we get back. So, mm. yeah, so that was awkward. that was awkward. And when you guys were uh, down in Florida, your dad was still talking with his parents, and oh everything. yeah, yeah, there was no like bad blood okay. or bad vibe. It was um, interesting thing about sadness, though. I was like crushed because my girlfriend had broken up with me, 
uh. before 9-11 and her birthday's on 9-11. Oh. So, like, I'm thinking about her on 9-11. Cause was that her, her 18th? No. She was. 18th birthday? She was younger, so probably 17, 16, 16, 16, 16, 17. Yeah, so that was, like, I immediately felt awkward. Because, <laughs> like, it immediately for the rest of your life might not be about you. <laughs> yeah, that's, I, uh, that's a rough day to have her birthday. Yeah. Um, so what happened, what was going on in your family then? How was, uh, so you, you, your grandparents are up in Ohio. Uh, you guys are down in Florida. Were your parents fighting more? Um, or about the same? Not or they to didn't? my knowledge. They never, there never was a lot of fighting. That's the thing. Like it, it's stuff I might've discovered later through conversations, but we never like saw anything. But I mean, it wasn't like anything like crazy, like abuse or anything like that. But I think there was financial struggles which is like such a common story it's not even like like for them or for your family or um i think to my knowledge post 9-11 i think my grandparents had a lot of money invested in some private like one or two private investors and suppose like i don't know the story it's kind of gray but okay. um apparently i think they lost i think a lot of people did but i think they lost a lot of investment um after 9-11 and then i think that became kind of like the conversation of their lives, like kind of daily, you know, when it was like this, uh, did they seem, did you see them much around that time? Even they though they visited a ton, no, they came by they, And they did they seem there. more defeated after that? Very much defeated. I mean, how could they not? They yeah. Were their, was uh, that their, 70s, yeah. Were they both retired at that point? Did um, they have to go back and my work? My grandfather was, uh, my grandfather went back to work cause he liked it. That, that's a strange thing. Is he okay? Uh, he's since passed. No. Um, um I just okay, gotcha. No, but like back, but he was going back at least to my knowledge. He was going, he was an electrician. He had been for his whole life. Gotcha. Been an electrician in World War Two, and he eventually got his own business. And uh, but supposedly, at least to our knowledge, he went back because he, he liked it. He just liked being around the factory and stuff. So, which completely makes sense from his generation. And whatnot. Yeah, and did that have their financial troubles? Did that have an effect on your immediate family? I don't think so, not to my knowledge. But there was definitely it was always just a, money was just always a conversation, uh, always a conversation. And I mm -hmm. think it might have subconsciously kind of got wired in my brain because I stress very much over money and I very much get subconscious and anxious over financial situations. Uh, I think it represents me. So if I'm not like financially well, if like I think that dictates how people maybe invest their relationships in me or which, perceive you. Yeah. Which might not be true at all, but like it's my subconscious. Do you feel like, um, if you, if you don't quote, have any money that they perceive you as lesser? Absolutely. Uh, people have, um, not a ton of people. There's this, there's this one example when I was, I remember I was trying to, uh, when I was like talking with a girl and there was like, I think there was another gentleman that was in like into her as well. And like uh -huh. one of his ploys was like, you know, he's really bad with money. Right. Like he was, said that to her. Yeah, yeah. So did that sway her? Uh, no, not at all. Okay, not at all. But it was just interesting because it was like a close friend of mine as well at the time. Really? Yeah. How so, long ago was this? Uh, it was probably oh eight, oh nine, oh nine. But it so was, were you living up here yet? Yeah, I was here. I got okay. here. Um, here being Chicago. Sorry, Chicago, Illinois. Yeah. Uh, two thousand eight, January. Right at the beginning of two thousand eight. Okay, you got here just a couple months after me. Oh yeah, seven, end of oh seven, oh eight. Yeah. yeah. So, um, but it didn't sway her. No. Uh, what do you mean bad with money? Um, I'm not frugal. Uh, I'm in a good, I'm in a, I've just, everything, it's always just been kind of tight because I, I, I do impulsively. I don't have like a gambling addiction or something no. like that. You have I a Dave Matthews band concert addiction. A pinch. Yeah. A pinch. I don't travel. I don't follow the band. Well, uh, you just did. Well, that's true. But you've seen him how many times? 
In 18 years? Yeah. 40. Okay, so that's just like a little over two a year. Yeah, and uh, I'm very much a rookie still. Like some people. Yeah, some people are real. Like, oh, it's my 300th show. Like, well, that's that's you know so much to say about that. But like, (laughs) (laughs) can't believe I laughed at that. Yeah, thank God. Well, how much would you see Dylan if he toured every summer? I'd see him every time. Okay. Yeah, it's the same thing, right? I'm not saying they're. I'm not saying. No, no, I understand, but it's like I've seen him nine times. But my friend has seen him like 26, 27 times. Yeah, but it's like Kiss. Like if they toured more, I mm-hmm. would see them I would more. St- yeah, I've seen them once. Well. That was enough. Uh, okay, so do you think that the, the, the going back to your family, the loss of the money affected your your parents' relationship? Like were they – you didn't see them fight. Did you see them be affectionate <clears throat> towards each other, I mean? No. Um, I never saw that as a problem, though. No, yeah. Uh, but no, I don't think I ever saw them be intimate. I don't even think I ever saw them hold hands. Uh, when I'm extremely affectionate, but I think, I don't know where I, and I think I get that from my mother. I definitely have my mother's heart, but I just, yeah, I never saw it, but I never perceived it as a problem. So I don't know if that was like trickery or just yeah the vibe of daily life. You know? Okay. Yeah. And a couple years later, 2005, your mom got sick. Is that right? Yeah, 0506, okay. uh, she got heart congestive failure, and that kind of changed the game big time because then she had to stop working. Uh-huh. And then. Uh, how do, okay, so how does one treat that? Um, it's kind of like a maintain, at least to my knowledge. Uh, she had a she had an experimental surgery where she had a somewhat of like an acorn mesh put around her heart that contained the size and prevented it from getting bigger. So, uh, and that that experimentation experimental surgery has since passed, so she doesn't have that anymore. So she's definitely been living off of meds. and uh, But the thing about my mother is you would never know. And that's just like, she just has a... How, how did you find out about it? Um, I don't remember. It's been, she's just had it for so long, I don't even remember now. I know it was around Halloween, I think. Uh, 06, 05, 06, I think. But uh, it was just interesting because her condition, her, her disease, uh, her heart probably works at between 10 and 17%. But That's like, it? Yeah, like apparently she shouldn't even be able to walk, but you would never know she even had a problem because it's just like it. Talk about mind over matter or yeah. whatever. Uh, she, yeah. So that's it's been really that's been psychologically really weird because she doesn't have an attitude that she's sick, so people don't always treat her with the attitude that she's sick. Does uh, so the, the the patterns and routines of like daily life sometimes aren't. Uh, are just continued because nothing gets crazy until she gets like really sick. And I don't tend to panic until she panics. We very much have the same kind of, is, was that your reaction when you first found out? Were you devastated? Like what, what kind of reaction? No, did you I, have? I, uh, I, I very much am, uh, I'd be a emotional mess if something happened, but I, I just kind of don't tend to panic unless she is. There was a really bad time where, um, she got, what is it? Smoking mountain fever. What's the bad? She got a bad, I don't know what that is. She yeah. got a bad, fever flu while traveling to okay. Ohio one time from Florida and she got put in the hospital. We thought it was a heart condition and like to the point where I flew to see her from here. I think it was, yeah, it was definitely Chicago and I was just, it was just me and her. And like, I thought that it was like bad. Like I thought it was bad. And then they're like, Oh yeah, go ahead. No. And they're like, Oh, you're fine. And then they gave her something and then she was fine. But like, it was like uncontrollable sobbing. Like she's like, this is it. And then it was just like, Oh, you, were, you just got a, you just, you just got sick on a road trip. You were both uncontrollably sobbing, or just you? I was, because she was so 
Was she out of it? She was so out of it. Yeah, in, su- in such really bad and shape. And where she, was your brother and, or excuse me, sister and father? Uh, they were in Florida. They were already there. Okay. There were. I think there was like a financial struggle to get there, and I was in Chicago, so I could. I think I took a bus or so. I think I took a mega bus or something. Okay. But that was that was huge. What what kind of thoughts? I I I think a lot. Well, I think about what it's going to be like to lose a parent. Um, I have friends who've lost their parents, obviously. Uh, what kind of thoughts did you have when you were, sounds like, pretty sure that this could be it? Um, the only thing that scares me about my parents passing outside of, like, I have a daily relationship with my mother. Like, we still text each other good night. We still text each other really? good morning. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's, it's, just, it's a routine. It's just how it goes. Okay. Um, uh, even if she forgets, she'll wake up and I'll get a 2 a.m. text just because, just so she did it. It's just like this. Did she do that with your sister as well? Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And tra- uh, uh, your sister is, she tries to, uh, does she also do the same routine? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah absolutely. Um, but my fear uh, of them passing is I feel like, I think I'd be so devastated that I feel like it just things wouldn't matter. So I could just really fuck things up or make mistakes because I would feel there'd be no consequences because I just wouldn't care. Uh, because of having that kind of pain and loss, like, yeah. well, what does this matter? Mom's gone. You know, what does this matter if I do this? Or what does it matter if I do that? You know? Yeah. Um, but you I also think you'd th- become self-destructive. Um, I think there'd be potential, but I also think she'd be really pissed up at me and like come for me from the grave. Like, yeah. <laughs> like I think it would be the biggest disrespect to do that, obviously that's a situation we'd have to discuss if it happened. But like, I would like to think at the end of the day, at the end of the day, I'd be respectful for how I was raised by her mm-hmm. to be pushing forward and positive. Now, uh, so your mom has been dealing with that for about fourteen years ish. Yeah. Sounds like. Uh, how's your dad's health? Uh, dad's health. Dad's. My dad's always had uh, situations with gout. Uh, Ooh. We have a Ooh. lot of self-inflicted diabetes in my family. Yeah. Um, but is he diabetic? He is diabetic okay. now. Uh, it was so is my dad. He's self-inflicted diabetic. Yeah. yeah. It, it was more di- diagnosed like recently, but the um, the diabetes. We think it's the diabetes, but um, supposedly he had it bad in his feet. Was it traveled up and got to his spine, and then when it got to his spine, he had some uh, surgeries that could have put him out. So that kind of came out of nowhere. And then he was on kind of like death's table for a while where we were flying to Florida being like, you need to be here because this could be it. And then that put him out of a job. So that was all very complicated too. But now things are starting to kind of just get a little more. How, how did he deal with that as being the person who sat his family down and said, you know, I want to talk to you as uh, one of the leaders of this family. We're going to go to Florida. And now he's out of a job and, uh, probably I imagine since it was his spine and he was close to death, he was incapacitated. How did he react to that? Um, very lost. Uh, he doesn't. He, my mom's had conditions her whole life, so I think when I, my dad hasn't had a lot of issues, so I think he was in, more in a panic, and then that put us more in a panic. Yeah. Um, so you both, you and your sister, both kind of look to your par- your parents for how to react to these things with them, at least. Probably right? more my mother. Your mom. Okay. Yeah. And mm-hmm. my mom was level headed and grounded, and yeah. yeah. Um, but speaking more of my sister, she's the rock and the base of my family. My family would be nothing now without my sister. She's def- What do you mean? She's definitely taken full responsibility of like taking care of things. And uh, that's made me feel very small at times 
What, small because you feel like you're not contributing? Uh, yeah. And, um, I am, they, they, they haven't, they haven't said anything. They, they don't make me feel that way. That's yeah. all me. It's like all you. they've said nothing ever about that, but, and they're very supportive because like I, I left to do art and mm-hmm. theater and music and things mm-hmm. are finally starting to pick up where they're, I'm succeeding financially and artistically, which is like so strange. Right. Um, but so, and they're, they're my number one fans and supporters. So that's why, um, I think I can still do it. Because I think if there was any kind of guilt that they were given to me, which they never have, I think I would, would move back home immediately. With with your with that, where you say they never say anything, you bring it up in your mind. Absolutely. Do you do that with a lot of situations oh, where you yeah. infer, like I'm I'm causing this person trouble? Oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, what what is there something that triggers that? Um. No, I I, I don't know what does that. Um. I could be very dramatic, absolutely, but uh, I don't know what started that. Um, yeah, I'm not, I'm not sure. Does it? Do you ever feel like it's a control mechanism? I think it can be because I step one and go, oh, yeah. I think uh, I can definitely dive deep. Um, I don't think I've done anything inflicting to myself where I did any kind of damage mentally or physically, mm-hmm. but I could definitely get in like just super sad places and probably for no reason if I just kind of step back and I was like, Oh, this is a situation and not a, a pro- like a life problem. Yeah. So it's something that maybe you spun up in your head and it is, oh, it is totally, how long does it usually, t- well, I guess this, it, um, had you always realized that's what it is or did you have to go through it a number of times? Meaning a manufactured crisis in your mind yeah. where you have your own created world where you're worried about something. I think I've only really done that in relationships. I don't think I've really done that in any other scenario. Well, like uh, jealousy type stuff or when you say like you mean romantic relationships. Yeah, head games, uh, which 99% of the time aren't happening. But then sometimes I've had the head games and then the head games have been right. So maybe I'm relying yeah. so much on those one or two situations yeah. where the impulse or the idea or the theory was correct. Right. And it's so right. And you're just like, Ugh, yeah, it's like rips your heart. Off. It's like, uh, I once wrote a poem called hyper hypochondriac. Thank you. Uh, called hypochondriac. And all it was, was a list of everything that I've ever been afraid of. And then the last line was, I was right about the kidney stone. I'll be right again. Mm-hmm. So it's the same type of thing, but the fallacy in that logic is so apparent, right? Yeah. Uh, my therapist and I always talk about when I say, well, what if this is going to happen? What if that? And the first thing she always says is, well, you'll deal with it. Yeah. Which is endlessly frustrating. I take my copay back. Yeah. But I have uh, Venmo for this? Yeah. For yeah. this? For that shit. And then the second thing she says, what is the percent chance that that's going to happen? Yeah. And she makes me say a number. And I'll be like, I don't know, point zero 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 four. Rude. Yeah. But do you know what I mean? So yeah, like, no, 100%. The, to say like, well, it happened that one time. So now with this new girl... Uh, I, I, I will, I'm right this time, maybe. I, yeah. I will say I don't, to my knowledge, I, you probably have to talk to my partners, but I I kind of go in still very open-hearted and open-minded. I definitely have baggage. We all do, but like I very much come in like, I'm still very, I'm not I'm not checked out, which I think a lot of people can be after they've just been drinking. You're not cynical life. about it. Not yet. Yeah. Working on it. Um, working on it. Uh, I should be. Work some, harder, for no, fuck's like, sake. No, I just... um. I don't think, I don't think, and again, I'm speaking from my perspective of the relationship, that I don't think, I think I give a lot of credit before it's earned. To your partner? Immediately, yeah. Do you um, put them on pedestals? Absolutely. I think they, and in a sense, they should be, because you're, you're, you're choosing something, you're cho- someone, excuse me, uh, 
you're making a choice. Uh, there's that perspective that I used to think too when I was so young. It's like, you just don't find people attractive anymore. You don't love other things or have feelings. For, this is like a young me. Yeah. So like you are actively choosing to be exclusive with someone. So I think in a form and not an obsessive way or a trophy way, but they need to be something a little more above or I don't think it's worth it. Again, that's my opinion. Do you subjugate yourself to them in, in that um, placing them on a pedestal, do you think? Possibly, yeah. I definitely, I definitely mold to my relationships, for sure, if that makes sense. Explain a little more about what do you mean by that. Um, patterns, schedules, potentially lifestyles. Uh, I've gotten into food. I've gotten into different cultures. I've gotten into, mm -hmm. which I feel like you do, yeah. but um, you've, I, I've found respect for different types of art forms. I'm just things I'm just not around, but like, I'm kind of like, I can go to a ball game. I can go to the ballet. Like nothing, I don't do anything to put up. With my partner, I do because I'm like I'm just genuinely interested. Like, and what you, they're interested. Yeah, in. you want to go do, you know, you want to go do claymation films. Let's go do claim. You know, like that's a terrible example. Um, claymation films. I've just never done. You it. date some weird no, people. It's a long process. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. Parks and Rec. Ooh, thank you. Or Ghost. Although that was pottery. See, I think I was thinking pottery. Yeah. But we want claymation. Well, and now I'm thinking about Clayface from Batman. Oh, okay. I'll allow it. I don't know what that is. Well, that's a shame because yeah, it was great. Yeah. Oh, all right, Brent. Clayface needs to be in a movie. Clayface is a villain. Is a villain in Batman. Oh, it's great. It's all cosmetic. Oh. Love yourself. Uh, okay. He was very sad. Yeah. Well, the Joker's real sad. Well, the Joker's just fucked up. Clayface would be a great sad times. Should we get Clayface on, Brent? We need. Work to, on it. We yeah. need to Clayface is whoever that. I feel terrible. Whoever Clayface is. Yeah. Yeah. Bring him on. So, uh, <laughs> sorry. Going back to relationships, um, how do you connect with your partner? What's the main way you connect? You said that you like to go to baseball. Like, if let's say they like baseball or ballet. Um, uh, what do you mean by uh, what do you mean by connect? Like initial. What's the most important connection for you when you start a relationship? If I'm telling the truth. Yes. You'll be the first one on this show. <laughs> um, Just kidding. This is not. This is not everything, but I think at the end of the day, it's extremely. I don't. I don't know how I want to say this because uh, I just. It, obviously, definitely like conversation and chemistry. There's like it's a vibe. There was a conversation that I had in a relationship that did not work. When I said, "There's not a vibe here," and they're like, "I don't know what you mean by vibe," and I said, "That means we don't have a vibe," and. I've had very short, intimate relationships with people that lasted a day, and I've had very long relationships that lasted years. When that was an undiscussed thing that was happening, because we understood what a vibe was, and that's not the same thing every time. But you just you just see each other, and it just works. Yeah. Whether it la works for a day, and just floats away like mm -hmm. in a positive light, or it lasts for weeks, months, years. But it's not something you can explain. It's just something you're like, yeah, that's that. Do you ever think that when you're in a relationship and you're not feeling the vibe? Like some people say, I'll start a book. I'll give it 50 pages. And if I don't like it after 50 pages, I'm going to turn it down. Do you have like a timeline to say if I don't feel the vibe by because you just said one day. Like how long would you allow oh, for a vibe to gestate? Yeah. Um, no, I, th I think um, I think initial. I think initial uh, interest and spark is important. Yeah. I don't think that has to last every day, yeah. but I think that has to be there. However, one of the best relationships I've ever been in, we had an incredible first date. We had a terrible second date. Yeah. We had an amazing third date. And that's when we're like, 
How'd you get to that third date if the second date was so bad? We were just like, it wasn't anything like toxic or bad. It was just like awkward and weird and it was cold. And we were just like, we, yeah. you know, we, we went out for drinks at this bar. The first date was like this bar and then we got tickets to this free show. And then we went to the free show the next day. And it was just like, it was just all very like, can I like, you know, and then, oh yeah, this very, and then the third date was incredible. Incredible. Okay. How long did you end up uh, uh, dating little, that person? A little over a year. I think. Okay. Yeah. Still best friends. So really good supportive friends. So. Are you friends with all of your exes? Absolutely not. No. <laughs> uh, would you, if you had your druthers, <clears throat> I have friends who, when they break up with somebody, they're like, that person, I don't want to ever see them, talk to them again, ever. They're not even, you know, they don't exist to me, right? Yeah. I, I can't subscribe to that, but I also understand that there has to be boundaries. Yeah. Uh, and you have to say, I can't see you. If mm-hmm. you were the one who was just really hurt or you were both really hurt. Absolutely. Do you have any animus, people with animus towards you? Absolutely. Um, yeah. Um, sometimes it's confusing to me. Um, this is a case-by-case case again. I'm going to preface this before so I can just talk. But okay. obviously these are my opinions. These are not yeah. everybody's opinions. I kinda, I've, I've had exes that still have a problem with me being in a room when they're with somebody new. And that's very strange for me because I feel like when I do find somebody new, I'm thankful that that didn't work out. So when I walk into a room and it's like someone can't acknowledge me as a person, I don't want to cover but they can't acknowledge me as a person and they're dating somebody, I think that's very strange to me. I do think they, it's a disservice to who they're seeing. What do you ever do they ever specify why they don't want you there? Um are they afraid they still like you type no, of thing? I, past actions for sure. Fighting and Yeah, it's yeah. Just, it's past. It's past. And uh there's been times where I never want to see someone again or I feel awful or I'm devastated or super pissed and then you're like you feel really weird about it years later. Like, Hey, what's up? Yeah. You know, I remember my high school sweetheart, like it was just like bad. And then we're just like, Hey, like that was silly. You know, when yeah. you get, when you get older, um, going to Chicago. Yeah. But there's some, there's some, it's been, there's been some, it's been 10 plus years and they won't acknowledge me if we're in a room together. And it's super strange to me. Uh, Do you feel guilty about that? Absolutely. Um, shame. No, it's just silly. It feels very, uh, it just feels very, childish and it feels childish because i've done that as well like there's a lot of things that i've done but yeah when that much time has passed and that th- at that point we have both been through multiple relationships yeah it just seems kind of silly yeah um but again that's a case by case and i don't know their journey and they don't know mine and because we're not talking right but it's just uh i thought i always thought that it was just kind of silly I, th- I just i just feel like if i was in a room with my my current girlfriend and I was just like, went white or like, can't be around them. I'm not talking about like if someone beat the shit out of you or if someone like scared the shit, like did something like that, like yeah. that's a, I feel like a completely valid different story, but like yeah. this wasn't the case. Um, but you've had some pretty, uh, in, in, in knowing you, uh, you've had some really intense emotional connections with people. Yeah. It's yeah. just kind of how I roll. Someone, <laughs> I kind of got mad at somebody. Uh, I was, um, I was uh, really upset um, that an ex of mine has nothing to do with me, and there was no bad blood. It was in a bad. It was in a bad breakup. Um, nothing toxic. It was. Just, it was sad, but like there was nothing like devastatingly bad about it. And then for about the next six months to a year, we were really good friends. I thought, and then when she got in a relationship, she just disappeared. So and she j- stopped talking to you. Yeah, to the point where. 
I was under the impression that she was around because she wanted to be around me. I was like, you know, this is going to change when you find someone, you know. And she's like, no, it won't, to the point of like tears and crying and all this stuff. And then she got someone, and then she acknowledged that she had met someone, mm-hmm. and then nothing. Uh, I mean, she would like respond to like a technical question because like had to get mail or I had to get something. Yeah. But like it was never like it was never like a casual like, hey, did you see that movie or hey, I saw so and so, thought of you like. Nothing. Did that hurt you? Oh, it was devastating. But now people perceive that as me missing her to want to be back with her. And that's the farthest from the truth. But you had a good friendship with her. Yeah. It was something that was just pulled out of my life. Um, and, like, we, we would, like, I, we weren't in a constant connection, but, like, we'd shoot a text. Yeah. Or we'd have a quick conversation. Or there'd be, like, a Facebook like. Something where it's like, oh, I'm, like, I'm acknowledging, you know, like... How- a, fa- a, face- a Facebook like? You like know, you, or just like acknowledge, you know, like Instagram. The, the, the bullshit we do mm-hmm. or you see a like and you put all the value in it. You're like, oh, I'm good for 24 hours. You know, that, that it, dopamine. the dopamine. Yeah, absolutely. But like, even when you see that disappear, it's like, wow, we're just like, why? You know, like this, I'm happy for you. This is great. And of co- like, of course you are. Like when she started to kind of go dark, it's like she met somebody and that's great. Super great. But it was just like, I wasn't trying to steal you. There was never, there was never any awkward physical like mess ups, you know, where you you make mistakes and you sleep. Like there was none of that. It was was just like, we just did the common things together, which probably made it harder. There wasn't a big physical relationship in that relationship. So I thought maybe that would take a lot of the, the miss, you know, you know, we, I don't know if you've been in just physical relationships where they were very unhealthy when you were broken up. Uh, you mean with the ex? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Like yeah. bad relapses. Mm-hmm. Oh, that wasn't a good idea. Yeah. But that was great. But that was a bad idea. Yeah. <laughs> but that was great. But you just, there was none of that. Uh, so that's what I was like. There wasn't even any kind of toxic relapsing with us too, where you would need to distance yourself if you were in a serious relationship. So that's why I was very thrown. Okay. And that sucked. Have you ever, uh, have you ever been cheated on? Yes. And instead of, um, I've been cheated on to my knowledge twice. And instead of taking a high road, I think it gave me, I put myself in situations that I thought I couldn't be forgiven for. AKA I cheated either emotionally or physically. And, uh, I think I subconsciously do that to myself because I don't know maybe how to get out of things. So I'll do something that I know is just probably unforgivable. And I haven't done that in a long time, but that's, uh, Wait, and what is the goal there? So that you can it's not a get, get get out of the situation? No, like it, I am to, at least in my experience, or if that happens to me, like if there's if there's cheating, like there's really no going back. Like there's uh, maybe, but like there's not. Um, so I think I subconsciously, and that was something when I was in therapy. Um, it's like this is such a common tale. You know, you know how many times people do that to put themselves in positions where they probably can't be forgiven for. So it's like. It's kind of messed up. Like it's kind of so. It's kind of self-inflicting in the same self-sabotage. Way. Absolutely. Yeah. But you Perfect. would only do. You would only do that. The times that you did that was in reaction to somebody cheating on you. To mine. I'd have to think about that. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And you have you cheated on somebody initially? Um, definitely mentally. But also, I'm yeah. very like upfront about it. Like it's yeah. very strange. I'm Tell very, me, what do you mean by that? Um, I was in a very uh very emotionally like I was in a very intense relationship and it was like, it was either like really good or really bad. And like, um, 
there were, uh, I had had the games where I thought she was still talking to people and I did that fucked up thing where you went to their phone and, but there's also things on their phone. So like, is it fucked up? You know, like things like that. Like, well, look what I found. Yeah. This is like super awkward, but like, but there's stuff on here and you said there wasn't stuff on here. And like, how do you, how did you, um, did you confront that person? About yes, that? I did. Um, no, when I found it immediately at this in the middle of the night, mm-hmm. I don't even know what made me do it. Um, but I was like phone and I saw it and then it became a conversation. So I think I vocalized that I wanted to get over it. And I think it, I think I kind of did, but everything's so tender when that stuff happens and you're so irrational. Um, but then a couple months later, uh, I was at a brewery and a friend of a friend was in town and we were just like connecting and people thought we were together. Like we weren't clo- touching or anything, but we were so close. Yeah. That people thought we were a couple. I was like, that was it's like so- you and me. Yeah, totally. Yeah. You don't ask me out. Um, yeah, no, I don't. Oh yeah. Um, but we, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. um, but we, uh, <laughs> no, but, and this is the fucked up shit that I do. I don't want, but like, I was so sad and not admitting it to myself and not, and still being in this relationship. Um, and, uh, the bullshit that is, uh, occasionally sometimes case by case with drinking, I just felt alive. I wasn't even because of the drinking that night, to tell you the truth, <laughs> but I felt alive. I felt wanted. And I was like very, this is very much in the past. I think that's why it's cool talking about it, but just, I felt wanted again and I felt alive and it felt really good. And we went home together and I was like, this is mine. This is going to be my thing. I'm not going to talk about it. I'm just going to keep it and not going to tell. I was just going to, it was going to be mine and Mm -hmm. I don't do that. I don't do that. But like, this is going to be my thing and it's going to be fine. And, uh, I think she kind (laughs) of, she gave me, well, in my head, I got this weird green light where I said, I'm not happy and all this stuff. And she went, not my circus. I went, all right. (laughs) And then, uh, so this was after you'd gone home with her. No, this is before. Oh, okay. So this is what like, gave you the green. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there was liquid courage there, but there was also okay. just such a sadness and uh, none of it's right. And the sadness stemming from when you found that stuff on your phone where you felt betrayed and you felt like yeah. you were not being wanted by her. Yeah, I'm not good. I'm not. Uh, if, if there's a if there's a lack of trust, even a smallest percent, and this is something I probably should work on, but like if a percentage of like trust is lost in that kind of world. Yeah. I'm subconsciously done uh, and I don't admit that to myself and I need to work on that. But also I could also just be in trusting or open relationships where there's a communication, but like subconsciously I'm done, especially when I've been questioning it and questioning it. And then it's actually happening. You know, like I say, is this happening? No, is this happening? No tears. No, it's not happening. And then it's happening. Like what, what, well, okay. So in this situation, the one with the girl where you found the thing on the phone, what made you question it in the first place? Um, was it your own head games like we were talking about before or he didn't disappear. He was around. This was uh, a, like an X, I guess. Okay. And it's again, social media bullshit. What, what do you mean by social media bullshit? You saw that he was liking things. He's liking these things. He's not liking these things. It's a stupid. Oh, he's not liking the relationship pictures, but he's liking these. Oh, these, I'm out at a bar with my he, friends. Yeah, pictures. But these, these sexy pictures, uh, huh. these relationship pictures, like we all do it. I do it like, um, you just get weird tells. Um, so yeah, so I questioned it. It was happening, but back at the bar, the, to say Sorry, what I do. Yeah. So, thought, mm-hmm. no, so said not my circus. I was like, great. 
go back to mine, sleep together. This is my thing. She leaves, and uh, I immediately take a shower. I it's like four a.m. I'm on the phone with my mom. You called your mother. I told her what I was doing. She's like, "Don't tell her. This is too. Wait, don't." T-. I was like, "I have to. I have to do it. I can't do this. This is wrong." It was like immediately after, and I went right to her place and told her. In the middle of the night. Well, like, like four a.m. Yeah. And what did she? How was, was her reaction? A blow up. Super naturally so. Yeah. But um, was that when you guys finally broke up? Yeah, and then we had kind of physical relapses and things like that because we were a very physical couple. Yeah. Um, but yeah, but that was. Why do you think you had to tell her? I can't. I can't keep secrets. Uh, oh, that's another thing about judgment. I feel like you have to kind of my my whole history. I feel like I'm keeping something from you. Like if I remotely am close to someone and they come over, it's like, by the way, I, I had a couple of dates with them, or I know them, or mm-hmm. hey, that's an ex, because I don't want any kind of gray area. So you're really, it seems like you're really wary of not doing <clears throat> to other people what you're so afraid of to have happen to you, to even a small slip up of trust, or to not say what you've been doing, yeah. and, and you feel guilty even if you do slip. Slip up's not the right word. Even if you do maybe emotionally have a connection with somebody else. Yeah. I think it's important to know that you're, that I'm choosing and this is you and you know, but I, I just, I feel like if you're not letting in on something, maybe you're hiding it for some reason. And like, I don't know, that's, but that's a big anxiety thing too. Uh, where, Hey, I'm not talking to them anymore. Or like, Hey, we're not talking like that anymore. Or Hey, by the way, that's not a thing. And they're not even asking. I'm just. And like, then, then maybe are they like, Okay, sorry, I don't know why you're bringing that up. So. Yeah, I know you. Boy, I tell you what, you think I, you think that was the first yawn I suppressed, <laughs> buddy? I was just a lot better at him earlier. Um, going back to social media, so you look at the social media stress you out. Absolutely, I think if it doesn't, you're lying. Yeah, but you get the dopamine hits. Oh yeah, it's great. Um, what did it today? Did it today? You got some hits today? No, just like uh, the the biggest toxic social media thing in my opinion right now is the Instagram stories. Now, why are they toxic? I don't really know what those are. Instagram stories, Facebook has stories as well. Okay, I've seen a few of those. Okay, so stories can be seen by people who don't follow you or like you. So that means an ex can kind of dip in, and you can see that they saw them. This is how mine work. My mind works. I don't know how y'all work. But okay. Like, so you can see, like, if your ex isn't following you, your ex, you can see that they're looking at your, your stuff. So if you post to the story, you can go and look and say, did person X. Yeah, and I've done that as well. That's the thing. So it's mm-hmm. just like, oh, you know. But then do you feel really defeated if you really want person X to be there looking? 100%. 100%. And they're not looking? You're like, 100%. well, I just made the story for you. Yeah, not even that. It could be about posting about the sky. But like, what? Why aren't you looking at this? Yeah. You have access. So then you don't know if you're going if they're going through periods of missing you or they're bored or if they're genuinely like wanting to be back in your life. It's all it's all irrelevant, so stupid. I took a break from social media for a couple months. It was like the greatest month of my life. Um then what about like if you say you break up with somebody? Do you worry about how that person's friends uh, are going to view you uh, yes. in social media land, in real life? I've had massive anxiety over that because it's been really bad in my past. Um, my most recent relationship, I had massive anxiety that no one was going to like me because I knew them through her, and they've been awesome. So that's been a crazy thing that's me adjusting. But, like, yeah, I've had massive fallouts with friends of exes because they were, like, 
their friends or so they like chose sides yeah absolutely so massive anxiety be, did because you felt like you did something wrong or because they're not going to like you and that that is very obviously difficult to take both and the thing that's also interesting about all that um i remember when i cheated that one the 4am thing yep i was texting her friends being like i'm so sorry what really that this happened and take care of you so, so you sorry go ahead no i was just like um because it you know it's gonna it's a combination of being like I, i'm not hiding i've never like i don't necessarily always bring things up but i won't hide anything yeah. if i'm asked about it like i'll yeah. talk about it it's fucked up but like i'll talk about it and some people you know some people just brush over things and ignore it and like start anew but like if you ask me something like i'm not i'm not gonna lie about it yeah even friends of friends like hey did that happen it's like yeah that that happened Mm-hmm. It sucks, but yeah, that's really. I think that's cool. But with with her friends, when you cheat on her, had they reached out to you first, or were you just like, "Hey, no. I just want, want to let you know I cheated on." Uh, no, I think closer people. I was just like, "Hey, I'm so sorry that she's. I did this to her." Like it was a combination of probably me wanting to make sure they were okay. Slash, I'm sorry, I'm just such a dick. Yeah. You felt guilty. Oh, a hundred percent. It's it was fucked up. Yeah. Right or wrong, it's fucked up. What do you think social media is doing to us? Um, you can't get over people. I, I was just talking about this with my friend today. Um, like when my parents were dating in the eighties, like if they broke up, you just didn't see them. <laughs> you know, like yeah. They there was no Instagram stories or Facebook messages or Facebook posts. Like you just you might have saw them at the grocery store. You might have saw them at the bar. Might have saw them at the mall, but yeah. like you didn't see people, yeah. you know, unless like we were in like small town people. So like, I think you just had an opportunity to really get over someone or really kind of think on things to see if you want to do something, uh, to mint. There's also a constant option. It's like, it's online dating and I'm guilty of it too. Something doesn't work out. You just go right back on and find somebody else. And like, that's not necessarily not real, but like, I don't think we have time to process and I'm a serial monogamous, at least I used to be. Yeah. So like I've been, I've had steady girlfriends since I was like 15. Um, and you're 36, 35, 35. And 35. this is the, this is the longest I think I've been single. Yeah. And I'm not good at casual. I'm trying to be, Just- <laughs> but like, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not good at it. Um, and I don't want to be good at it. Cause if there's a good connection, I want to see you again. So, um, yeah, I don't like it. <laughs> What about what about when you actually find somebody that you you like, right? And you have a connection with them, but then you're kind of like, well, maybe I don't want this to be a relationship, but that person very much does. That's super hard. That's recently happened as well. Um, logistically, I think it was another thing too, like not living in the same places, mm-hmm. like things like that. But mm-hmm. um, uh, as long as not, the, I don't. I just dive really deep, really fast. So um, I don't want to say I give the wrong impression, but like it doesn't necessarily allow me to be fair it's not fair but it's also like i feel like that won't be like that when it like is correct with someone so when you say you dive really deep really fast and maybe that's not fair like you want that emotional connection right away but then maybe after a few weeks or however long it is you're like oh okay, maybe this isn't the person I want to be yeah. in a relationship with, and then they've already committed pretty yeah. hard to it. Yeah. Okay. Or my old school self, or sometimes still now when I'm like down in the dumps or just sad, uh, I'll chase, I'll curate, I'll just I'll keep trying to like, this is me, I'm, I'm great. And like... New um, people or just people you knew before? A lot of people in my past were just like, 
like me or I talk and we talk and we talk and nothing. And I just keep trying and trying and trying. And I'm doing this. So when they finally get there, yeah, and we're finally, I think I'm going like that. You're like, oh, Again, the chase is over. And, no, I don't even think it's the, the love of the chase. It was just like the work. You're like, wait, this isn't about us. This is about now they like me because I like worked for them as opposed to us working together. Um, I just went so desperately for some people to like me. I like, it just like wasn't happening. And then maybe they come around and then it would be, and I'd be like kind of gone in a way. Like you would be like, well, I'm not as interested anymore. Is that, is that what you mean by I'm not gone? even necessarily interested? It was just like, I would realize like, wait, I've just been fighting to attain this person who really wasn't interested. Yeah. So that sucks. You know, then you're like, I feel like, oh, no, you're here because I convinced you. That's at least what I feel like. I it's see. not necessarily the truth, but everybody's got their own process to how long they take, I think, to, to fall or to get over. So, yeah. And I've definitely been in things where I got in way too fast after relationships, for sure. But it doesn't make the relationship that I eventually got into any less, I yeah. think, honest. But yeah. Yeah. So I kind of don't know where I lie. And it's even more confusing now because I'm traveling so much. Yeah, so you're traveling a lot, yeah. and uh, you're an artist, mm -hmm. uh, mainly an actor, but you're also a musician. Yeah. Well, actually, I think you're mainly both. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, do you? You're a songwriter. Mm -hmm. uh, you just created an album, right? Yeah. Uh, tell me about why. Tell me about the theme of the album and why you created the album, and kind of what it means to you. Um, I've never done a record. I've done one, but I've never done a record that was as purely mine. Uh, I crowdfunded, I GoFunded me the money to get it. I went in a legit studio with an engineer. It was my gig. They did what they wanted. They did what I wanted. I did the process. And I've never done that. I've always been in bands or collaborations mm -hmm. or uh, bedroom records, like home studios, which is all great. But I was like, I've never just done like a record. I I, I, uh, I commissioned a, uh, an album cover. But bottom line, I wanted to put out, one, a record that pretty much has – a lot of the most important songs I've ever written so far. So okay. from high school to now. Wow. Um, okay. There's, there's 12 songs on the record. And, um, I was talking about my anxiety where I feel like my sister does and is everything in my family. So I wanted to try to do something to contribute. So 50% of all sales of this record will go towards my parents' medical prescriptions or whatever they need to kind of breathe a little more easier. And that also happened with the GoFundMe. I think I went to raise like I think I needed six or seven to make the record mm -hmm. funding and everything. And I got up to about 1500. So they got that nice. additional. And wow, also, that's great. yeah. And records don't sell these days. No. So that might motivate people to kind of put a little more yeah. into it. Um, so how, that, how can people buy it? Um, iTunes, all the main social media, uh, digital streaming mm -hmm. services, but uh, it's also streaming on Apple music and Spotify and uh, Bandcamp is a, it's a local, it's not local. It's an artist more site for streaming that's the best way to financially benefit the artists, which I wouldn't really care about, but since money yeah. is going to my parents. So if well. I stream it on Bandcamp, you get more money than if I streamed on Spotify? Yeah, if you buy it on Bandcamp, I would receive more royalties than iTunes streaming or iTunes purchases. Okay. So, um, And we'll put uh, the links to where you can stream it and purchase it yeah. on this episode. Look down. <laughs> okay. Uh, I've heard the record. I really like it a lot. You're one uh, of the first people. Really? Yeah. Wow. You have me a track order. Uh, yeah. Um, uh, I, remember. I, I don't. It's a great no, I'm just, no, it's a really good record. I really like it. And One uh, more family stuff, though, with that. Yeah, yeah, go. It's called All That We Send, and it's uh, an ode to a uh, book that my great-grandfather wrote called All That We Send. 
It's got a lot of the same fonts and color schemes and everything. Uh, but also one of the songs is based off of a love letter that my grandfather wrote to my grandmother. And you kind of, I love that song that he wrote in a hotel room. Yeah. He was traveling, uh, it's called little Washington, Pennsylvania, 1977. It was literally from a letter he wrote her. He was just alone and lonely in a hotel. They've been married for 20 plus years at that point. Oh. He's still writing. He's just like, I love you. And I miss you. I'm sorry that you're stressed and I want to be with you. And, I can't sleep and mm. I'm watching love films and it's making me miss you. Yeah. And like, and you're just like, oh. and this is like, I literally just did a couple things to rhyme scheme it, but like, it's all was just him. It was so yeah. cool. And he got a writing credit, which is really cool. And it's sad that like, he can't, he's no longer. Yeah. Yeah. But it's was this, uh, so cool. your, your dad's friends, the same yeah. one we were talking about. And now is your dad's mom is yep. she's still around. She's though. Yeah. She's our, she's our one grandparent. So still kicking ass. Awesome. Yeah. Last question I have for you. Yeah. What, and this is a, Somewhat serious question. Oh What's the saddest thing? What has made you the saddest about Kiss? Because you are a, a giant Kiss the fan. The saddest thing about Kiss? Uh, it was I had a happy sadness when I saw them. I cried when I've seen them. Uh, like how many times have you seen them? Seven or eight. You saw them first in '92, right? Yeah, Revenge, Revenge tour. Revenge tour. Yeah. Oh, I know yeah. that. Oh yeah. Live three was basically. Um, yeah, I got that from the library and didn't listen to it. So. With all of our downfalls. Yeah, yeah. Well, <clears throat> um, uh, I remember. I thought we weren't going to see them. I remember the reunion tour got announced and they put the makeup on. Yeah, yeah. Peter came back and I was under the impression that we we're not going to get to go. And I sobbed for hours in my room. This is probably seventh grade. Like you actually were crying, big time. And it was because they put the makeup back. It was like yeah. it was all happening. I was like just saw, and we and we went. All four of you? Uh, just me and my dad. Yeah, my, my whole family went to the reunion tour. The well, farewell yeah. tour, the first yeah. farewell tour. Uh, the first, the farewell tour that was like in two thousand. The original, the one you saw. Yeah, uh, the one that I worked at the SIU arena. Uh, the original for farewell tour. That's yeah. what they're saying now, so they can still make money at this uh, last money. tour. Yeah. But now, my dad, my uncle, and myself are seeing their actual farewell tour at the end of August. You think you guys will all cry? Um, for one reason or the other. Yeah. Heat. Heat. Travel. Skyline Chile. Oh, Scott, it, so you're going to see oh, it in Ohio. We're absolutely. Yeah, okay. Yeah, we all started there. We all got in there. So. Um, tell the folks one Kiss song to listen to. Genuinely oh should listen to. Uh, sure Know Something, not the Dynasty. That's a good song. It's a good song. And and no, most, it's never played. As I like to say it, most of Kiss songs, no offense, blow ass. But Dynasty is actually a pretty consensual, not too sexual, well, X-ray ass is pretty bad. Yeah. But um, Dynasty's like their disco record. I was yeah. made for loving on it, which was in Moulin Rouge. So I was like, oh, Moulin Rouge. I was like, yeah, it's Kiss. But sure knows something. Great. That is a good song. Um, awesome, man. John, Thank thanks you. for being on. Really Thank appreciate you. it. I hope that was cool uh, to talk about. That's That was very nerve-wracking talking about some of that stuff because it's past, but it's, uh, you know? No, it's not easy at all. It's, it sucks because, like, what? You did what? Yeah. That's your opinion I don't. on that? <laughs> But I, I I think that you were honest and you just told it from your perspective and that doesn't um, that is valuable. Yeah, time and place is everything. Um, and uh, yeah, awesome. Thank you. Thank you, sir. Uh, we'll be back soon. Uh, as I keep saying, we're going to have more announcements soon, and and we will. We do have a YouTube channel uh, which we will uh, will plug, and then. Uh, I'll, as a reminder, please buy t check out John's record. We will have uh, the links under uh, under this, what you're watching now. Give it a stream. Give it a buy. Again, half of the proceeds go to help his parents with any of their medical expenses. Uh, and uh, he'll be on the road. And so uh, 
that would be awesome if you could support John. Uh, thanks everybody for watching. Uh, we'll be back soon, and uh, we'll also, see you. In the, yeah. Are there credits to the show? Not At really. The end? No. Okay, well, mean? then the beginning of the show, just turn it down and put mute. Uh-huh. And boy kisses. I'm just a boy. As the show. I don't starting. want to be I think, sued. I think you'll get a. Whole I don't want to be sued. Pro- no, I'm asking them to play it on their own. Oh, oh, at home. So at I, home, like they're listening I to like. The, I feel like the journey's way, way more. Yeah. In fact, any time that I talk, just play. I'm just a boy, and just let. That's what's coming out of my mouth because what I'm saying doesn't matter, but that matters. All right, man. Thank you. Thanks, guys. See you soon.